Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, cat friends. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined today by my handsome hubby, Dewey. (laughs) Hello, my beautiful wife, Molly. Uh, Hello to all the wonderful cat friends out there and cat fans. Today, we're going to be talking about outside cats. Huh. Why are we talking about outside cats? Well, because the appearance of an outside cat can just wreak havoc on your indoor cat's feelings of security. Well, some sources say there are over 8 million free-roaming cats in the United States. That's, that's a lot. Actually, of... And that's actually 80, not 8. Ah, 80 million. 80 million. Wow, that's even more. 80 million. That's incredible. So it seems almost every day or everyone would have some outside their house, right? Well, yeah, and that's that's the reason I picked this topic because cat-to-cat aggression cases this week, I've just I've talked to so many people that are having intercat aggression and they all have outside cats. So the apparent trigger is the outside cats. Wow. So I'd also imagine people contribute to the outside cats by feeding them. Yeah, because it's hard not to. You know, we all love cats. That's that's why you're tuning into the show, and that's why we do the show, because we love cats. Yay. And, <laughs> and you want to help care for them, especially the ones living on the street. You know, it tugs at your heartstrings to see them out there alone and homeless and you know, not having a safe, warm, snuggly spot to sleep in at night. And, you know, and and the bottom line is it's really a way to have more cats without actually having more cats, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I got to tell a quick little story here. My grandmother had a bunch of feral cats outside who lived underneath the house and lived out in the country. So, you know, these cats began to multiply and she would feed them outside, of course, uh, but every morning she would go out and every evening she would go out and put food out for them on this special place. And here they all would come out from underneath the house just like a like a, um, a circus parade coming out. <laughs> and they were just following her all around her feet and everything. So I, I can identify with having those cats outside. But, you know, what about the inside cats? So why do indoor cats care if they see an outside cat? Well, because they perceive them as territory invaders, you know, they don't know that that cat can't get inside. You know, I had a case where a cat was watching an outside cat in the backyard cross through the yard and where the visual line of where that cat would come into the house was where that cat was peeing. They don't they don't know that that they can't come inside. And that causes a lot of stress and anxiety on your cat. Oh, really? So why does that cause them to fight? Well, it's what we call redirected aggression. So the cat's looking out the window, it sees another cat, and it goes, ooh, there's a cat coming into my territory. And it's really tense, and it's agitated, 
but you can't see all that because you know how cats are. They don't, they don't have a, as a lot of expression and their body language is, is pretty subtle. So they may just be crouched. You know, usually it's crouching on top of all four feet, staring intently. You may not see the cat, so you have no idea what that cat is, is looking at. And then the cat turns around and sees the other cat inside and it attacks them because it's just in this wound up mode ready to explode. So it's in extreme, how do we protect our resources mode? And it attacks that cat. It, it can also lead to redirection, redirected aggression with people. So, you know, if, if your cat is staring at a cat outside and you don't see it and you're not noticing that your cat is particularly tense and you reach down to pet it as you walk by, it may turn around and bite you. Because for the same reasons, it's just wound tight as a drum and explodes on you. You know, and fighting isn't the only other issue. Um, urinating outside the litter box can happen, too. So why would they urinate outside the litter box? Because they see an outside cat or to communicate to you how mad they are? I mean, what's, what's their reasoning? <laughs> well, <laughs> mad Say, is hey, not. <laughs> hey, I'm pissed off. So yeah. I'm pissing over here. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you might think that. And a lot of people certainly think, my cat's mad at me. He's doing this to spite me. He looks at me and then he goes and pees on something. But but in reality, um, anger, being mad, that's those aren't emotions that cats feel. You know, they're driven to protect their territory. They're doing very natural behaviors to the species. You know, they're, they're marking their zones. You know, they, in the wild, they have a territory they carve out and they mark it with urine and feces so that other cats know this is my territory. You know, they live through scent. So smell and, and marking is very important to them. You know, they, they don't feel anger, but they do feel insecurity and they do feel fear. You know, and, and sometimes outdoor cats will spray along, you know, they'll mark what we call spraying along your windows and doors and the inside cats can smell it. And so, again, another natural behavior is for them to try to mark over it, you know, to, to layer that scent or to smell over it to go, oh, no, this isn't your ter territory. This is my territory. And they'll, they'll pee where they're smelling those. So it's real important if you know that these outside cats are spraying on your house around doors and windows, it's real important to get that cleaned up. Use, you know, wash it on with a hose and scrub it really good and then use enzyme cleaner, cleaners out there to completely get rid of that, that odor. That's real important. Wow. And I've heard that some people say their cats are fond of the cats outside because they watch them outside the window and they look interested and they're like, ooh, 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 look at that. So, and then they, some told me that their cats chirp or talk. Uh, to the outside cats and rub against screens and windows as if to be calling them like, whoa, come on over here. <laughs> yeah, well, if they're not spayed and neutered, they probably are calling to them. Like, hey, ah, <laughs> you know, never thought about that part. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if your cat's not spayed or neutered, that's probably a, a maybe a reason that the outside cat is coming around. It can smell it. You know, their sense of smell is just incredible. And so, yes, if you have a female cat in heat in the house, 
those toms can smell her from outside and they will be coming around. So I trying to court that girl. (laughs) Yeah. And that does not stop those peeing all over the house. So if you have a unaltered cat, I strongly recommend you go get that taken care of because not only, you know, will it stop those issues and of course stop more unwanted litters, but also could extend their their life from a health perspective. So spaying and neutering is is absolutely a must. But you're right, if they're not spayed or neutered, calling is what they could be doing. But also rubbing, you know, you mentioned rubbing against the screens and windows. Rubbing is scent marking. You know, they have, um, you know, they have, scent glands in the side of their face and and that leaves as much of a smell and saying this is my territory you know how cats rub up against the corners of walls and leaves that kind of black greasy streak well that's that's scent marking and uh, and so that's what they're what they're doing when they're seeing those cats outside you know they 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 will watch usually pretty silently and intently they don't really want to call attention to themselves to the outside cat you know that's their nature is i'm going to kind of be in hiding over here he doesn't see me so i'm going to be real quiet i was at a client's house um a couple months ago and um we were dealing with cat to cat aggression and i'd asked her are there any outside cats she's like well there used to be but i haven't seen any in you know long long time so i don't think there is and her cat you know from two rooms away you know swiveled around like what's that jumped up ran into the dining room kind of with that little bit of slink to him tail down jumped up on the dining room table froze tail swishing back and forth and i I jumped up and followed him and I looked out that window and sure enough, here's this giant black and white tomcat sitting way off in the corner of the yard and they're in a stare down through the windows. And I pointed to her, I said, see that? (laughs) This is the cause of a lot of your problems. And, you know, you wouldn't have wanted to get near that cat. He was just wound tight as a drum, just staring at that cat, just staring at him. So, you know. Was she surprised? Yeah, she was like, oh, my God, there he is. So, you know, what we did was we went outside and we figured out that he was living under her shed. So her homework was to lure him out from under the shed, you know, with some some treats or something or food and um, preferably trap him and take him and get him neutered and then bring him back to someone else's yard nearby, maybe the people behind, but then to block that area you know, under this shed so that this cat could no longer live there because it was causing a real trouble. So, so some, you know, some will rub, some will talk and chatter to those outside cats. And then, but more commonly, they kind of sit quietly and and might look a little agitated. Mm, Boy, that's an interesting story. You know, think about that. I wonder how many people you know, if they just realized that there was something, it, it it's sort of mysterious, you know, that the cats know something we don't. And we don't know that there's a cat outside and been living underneath the shed. And yeah. But the cats do. Well, and and they, they pick they... up on it and they act out and we just don't think about that kind of thing. 
It's right. kind of like the thing that caused something to happen. It's like the ghost in the corner kind of thing. You know? Well, it is, and, it, and it's common, and this is why this is why we're doing an episode on it, because it can be a trigger. It's a very common trigger for intercat aggression. And, you know, cats have way different eyesight than we do. You, you can Google, you know, what, what do things look like to a cat? Or what do cats see? And they have pictured examples. They don't really see reds and yellows very well. So they kind of see, you know, a bluish greenish landscape. And the reason for that is the tiniest little movement they can catch and they see. Whereas our depth of perception is so good, it's a little hard for us to see things moving because we see so many colors. Whereas with them, they see the least little thing moving. So your cat is sitting there staring at the window and you're staring and staring and you look off and like, what is he looking at? I know something's got to be out there. And you know, we've done this with Tabasco hundreds of times. Like, what's he looking at? And we look and we look and I don't see any bunnies. I don't see any birds. I don't see anything. What are you looking at? <laughs> you know, and a lot of times it can be a, an outside cat that's camouflaged out there. <laughs> that's incredible. So what about the inside cats who attack the windows and yowl loudly at the outside cats? Yeah, some are, are cats, they saying, "Yo, buddy, yo, come on over here"? <laughs> no, they're saying, "I'm gonna kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, big boy, go get him! <laughs> so, it, most cats will watch very intently and be kind of quiet about it, but you do get that occasional cat that just goes ballistic and will, you know, absolutely attack the windows and throw himself against the windows, and that's that's an indication of. Extreme stress, and you need to remedy it right away. You know, to to prevent further behavior issues from developing. So, what can you do about it? Do you want people to trap them and take them to the shelter, put out scents? You know, you know, definitely not feed them and encourage that situation. But what do you? What should you do? Well, I don't. You know, I if that cat that's outside, if you if you suspect that it's unaltered, and one way to tell. If, a, if an outside cat has been taken and spayed and neutered and they know it's an outside cat, typically they will what we call notch their ear, which is basically uh, trimming off the top of a cat's ear so that you can visually, visually tell that cat is spayed or neutered. If it doesn't have an ear tip, then, then yes, trapping it and taking it to a facility that does spay and neuter is exactly what you want to start out doing. Now, that may or may not be the shelter. You need to check with your local shelter and, and ask them what do they recommend that you do to get your community cats spayed and neutered. A lot of places will loan you traps and will guide you through the process of how to get that done. Um, but, you know, your local shelter you know, it will simply, like here in Dallas, you know, if any cat that comes in as what we call a stray is a community cat, and regardless of their behavior, they could be the friendliest cat in the world, we're still going to spay and neuter it and return it to the neighborhood that it came from. Because shelters, we're not equipped to tame feral cats. We do not have the space you know, with 80 million cats free roaming, it, we, it would, there's no way. All the shelters in the United States don't have enough capacity 
to try to find another outcome. We certainly don't want to be euthanizing them all. You know, they're highly adaptive. They don't have any problem at all surviving outdoors. I hear people go, oh, but oh my gosh, it's getting down to freezing tonight. I'm really worried about this outside cat. I'm going to make it a little bed and put it up here on the porch so it can come up by the house and stay warm. And I, you know, I always tell people, we're in Texas, for God's sakes. You know, do you think that there are no community cats in Michigan where it's going to be negative 20 tonight? I'm like, trust me, these guys find a way to survive. You know, this, this is a mild climate and you really don't need to worry that much. I mean, if you're going to make, you know, feral cat dens, you know, that's great. Uh, good for you. But certainly don't put it up on your porch by your back door if you've got inside cats. But I, I don't worry about them. I mean, I wish we had them. I kind of want to start some out back where we are because we're in kind of an industrial area and we could have a couple outside cats back there, but I don't want them upsetting Tabasco or any other fosters we have here or potentially causing irritation between them. So, but if I did happen to see one out there, first thing I would do is trap it and make sure it's spayed or neutered and then I would return it out there. So, but not taking it to the shelter. Don't, don't think your shelter's got some magic wand solution for these cats or that they're going to find a home in the shelter. Cause that's the other thing that doesn't happen. You know, the, they're very small percentage of people actually acquire their cats from a shelter. So, and if the cat's not, you know, not at all social and ends up in a shelter and the shelter doesn't have a return to the community program, well, then the outcome for that cat is really sad. So look for some alternate um, solutions. Definitely make sure it's spayed or neutered so it's not reproducing in your neighborhood and, um, and then let it live outside. It's fine out there. You know, that's interesting. I think uh, just having a visual of, uh, you know, cat living up in Michigan or something when it's really cold, but you just mentioned that they find places underneath houses that keep warm and they find places in barns and haystacks and things like that. So they find a way to adapt for sure. I mean, and we've mm -hmm. seen that. And and usually in those places, you'll they'll find a food source. Usually mice will be, you know, underneath somebody's house or you know, right. they'll be in the barn or something. So they, they are highly adaptable and that's, that's interesting. So, well, then how do we keep them from coming to the windows? If they're feral cats outside, how do we keep them from making our inside cats so aggressive? Right, right. So, so yeah, so you trap them and you take them and you get them spayed and neutered and then they come back. And now what? That's not, that's not solving your problem because they're still coming to the windows. So, um, there's several things. If you have a bird feeder and that's what's attracting the cat, maybe your outside cat likes to watch the birds at the bird feeder or even uh, get lunch at your bird feeder, you <laughs> might have to stop feeding the birds. Um, you know, if that's a if that's an issue, stop feeding your birds for a bit. And um, And if you're out there, you know, here, kitty, kitty, and encouraging it, you really need to stop interacting with the outside cats. And, um, and it, you know, and, it, and it's hard. So you've got to find where they're coming into your yard and you've got to be a good detective and sleuth and go out there and, and act like you're on a crime scene unit and, and scour your yard for when it's coming. You might need to buy a nighttime camera to see how it's coming in and out of the yard. So once you identify those access points, 
you know, if you've got a hole in your fence down on the ground, it's real simple, block it. A lot of cats, you know, just traverse the neighborhood on top of fences. They just walk right along the top of the wooden fences from one backyard to the other. And you can put bird spikes on top of those fences. You can get those plastic carpet runners that have the little points and cut them in strips, put them point side up and nail them into the top of your your fence. Um, if there are like beds where the cats walk up to the fence and then jump up on something and then into your yard, put something really sharp in those beds like pine cones or sharp rocks or things like that, that they, they're not going to be comfortable walking on. And then, and then there are deterrents, other deterrents. You can fill like a large metal pan, like a big, uh, turkey roasting pan that you get disposable one from the grocery store and fill it with vinegar and put those around the access points that they're going through. Um, a little milder detergent deterrent is, um, citrus, citrus peels. They say that cats don't like citrus at all. So you'd have to eat an awful lot of oranges to make that happen, <laughs> but, but citrus, citrus peels. And then something that's a little more readily in, in most homes is coffee grounds. They say that they don't like coffee grounds either. Now I have to tell you, you know, it's anecdotal. I do have clients that say I have mounds of coffee grounds and watch the cats just walk right over them. So it works for some obviously and not for all, but it's it's worth compounding these, these things. So put that stuff around the perimeter and then you gotta make sure you got to refresh it after a rain, obviously, the citrus peels, the vinegar, the coffee grounds. If it rains, then you got to go out there and refresh it. And then you can also get something that's called a scarecrow sprinkler, and it's motion activated. So it's a sprinkler you leave on, and then as soon as a cat or a raccoon or a possum or, or you <laughs> walk in front of it, then it comes on it and sprays you. And a couple times of that, and that cat's going to go, I... I am not crossing through this yard anymore. And he'll find another path to where he's going. He's probably on his way to eat. You know, it's, it's like all the neighbors end up feeding a cat. A cat will eat breakfast down at the Smith's and then it'll go block over and have lunch at the Joneses. And then it shows up at your place for dinner. You know, no wonder they call them fat, fat alley cats. <laughs> They're <laughs> they getting fat. They're getting fed everywhere. You know, that scarecrow sprinkler thing sounds pretty cool. I can't envision that. I'll have to look that up and see what that looks like. That that sounds pretty cool. But It's actually okay. on um, a lot of those things I just mentioned. You can see on catbehaviorsolutions.org website. And if you go to the resources tab, a drop down under that says products. And when you click that, it'll give you a main section. And deterrence is one of those sections. And if you click in that deterrent section, it will take you to a list of all these things I've just talked about. And the scarecrow sprinkler is there. Wow. And I may just get one and put it in the backyard and unbeknownst to you and you can see yeah. it in action. <laughs> well, you know, you think it you think about it, you know, with skunks and you mentioned raccoons and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of people have those kind of problems, but uh you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. I'll take a look at that. So, so back to the feral cats for a minute and that are out living outside and, and tantalizing your inside cat. Should we just stop feeding them? Would they go away and never come back if we stop feeding them? 
Well, if you, it, they, they do need a reliable food source. And if you know that you're the only sole caregiver, um, you know, be careful about that. We actually had five cats surrendered to the shelter from a family that said, well, they were kittens and we've been feeding them for the last four years outside and they stay in our backyard. Well, the problem was they bring them in and they're not social. We don't have a solution for those cats. You know, we have to try to find working cat placements for them, barns or breweries or stuff like that. And, and those placements are really hard to find. So, you know, if, if you're the sole feeder, I mean, I just would not recommend you get yourself set up in that situation. Um, you might have to be responsible for finding, uh, relocating that cat. And that does not mean just stick it in your car and drive it a mile away and let it out. Cause then it'll have to battle a bunch of other cats and things like that. But, um, you know, if you are the sole caregiver for that cat and you know that that's the only meal that cat, you know, comes for, then find a spot of the house that's not visible from the windows that your cat can see and feed them there. Like maybe feed them on the front corner of the house in the bushes or something. Just make sure that wherever you're feeding that cat, it's not in the line of sight from any window that your cat can get to. So what about those pesky ones that just won't go away? I mean, what do you do? Yeah, and then, you know, that goes on both sides of the glass there. There's some pesky people that go, well, I understand that it's causing intercat aggression, but I'm not going to stop feeding outdoor Charlie. I would just worry to death about him. So fix my cat's biting. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> uh, I still don't have that magic cat wand. I asked for it for Christmas and I put it on my Amazon wish list, but it hasn't come in yet. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, I can't, I can't make your cat stop fighting if the trigger is an outside cat. And so, you know, you, you have to do your job to part to fix that. So if, if your outside cat just, you cannot absolutely have pulled every stop and can not get it from coming in, then you've got to block the windows so your cats can't see them. So you can get um, like frosted window film that's real easy to apply and, you know, it comes off later without damaging your windows. You could, you know, temporarily put up white butcher paper. Um, I had a, a consult once for a guy that was in a high rise, actually, is up on the fourth floor and his cat was urinating along the perimeter out by all the outside windows. And I thought that is really odd. What could that cat you know, it, it can't be territorial marking because it's four stories up. Well, I walked over to the window and I looked down and there's a dog park right below the window. And of course, four stories away, dogs probably look a lot like cats. And there were probably cats down there too, because obviously it was a park. So we put up um, like white butcher paper, you know, you can get it at Sam's on a roll. And so taped up white butcher paper while we were addressing the cleanup and the moving of the litter boxes and the other things to try to retrain the cat to the litter box in the appropriate places. And then he could take it down and, uh, and it worked fine, but you might have to put window film up. You know, if you're one of those people that just refuses to quit feeding them and you love your outside cats and you want your outside cats to be around, then put window film up so it's not wreaking havoc on your indoor cats. 
Yeah, I think uh, I would try some other ways because I just love the light coming in and, you know, the frosted window would be one yeah. thing. So, I mean, my choice would be to try to solve it in some... I, I'm going to put the scarecrow thing out. <laughs> Besides, it's fun to watch, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Put a camera on it. <laughs> so when oh, it goes guys. off, the camera goes off and scarecrow comes out with water. <laughs> Watch the cat jump. <laughs> yeah, and then put it on YouTube, get a million likes. Anyway. <laughs> <can dream>. <laughs> All right. So what about those times when there's a cat that you know belongs to one of the neighbors who just lets it roam outside all the time, which we see that happens? How do you recommend somebody handle that? Yeah, that's a touchy situation, and that's quite frequent, too. Like You know that's Misty Cat and that it lives three doors down, and those people just refuse to keep their cat inside. And Misty comes over and sleeps in your bushes and drives your cats crazy, and, you know, what do you do? So, you know, the, the best thing to do is, you know, go ask your neighbors, go knock on the door and, you know, ask them to keep their cats indoors Tell them about catios. Give them the resource on our website that has the link to the great catio plans, you know, and tell them about what's going on with your cats and and what's happening. You know, if they're having indoor problems, if that's, you know, maybe you say, well, why do you let Misty out all the time? Why not keep her indoors? Well, when we keep her indoors, she pees on my shoes. You know, if they have issues like that, oh, my gosh, give them our resources, you know, turn them on to this podcast. Give them the website. There's lots of resources out there for cat behavior problems. So help them to take better care of their cat. You know, take along some fresh baked cookies with you. You know, it's it's a long shot, but it's worth trying. You know, you may you may encounter a stubborn person that says, Well, she was born free. She should live free. It's cat. <laughs> it should be outside. And you know, you may not change everybody's mind, but hey, it's worth it's worth a conversation and just be nice and sensitive and give them resources you know are out there. And, you know, it's worth a try if you know the cat belongs to somebody. You know, it it it's, doesn't sound right when you somebody says it's born free, it should live free. Then if that's the case, stop buying food for it. I mean, it's a pet, for God's sakes, or it's not. <laughs> you know, if it's a free roaming something then it should be free on its own to do its own thing without relying on you in my opinion but well and clearly we have 80 million yeah of free those people roaming cats out there and you know the the other reason we don't like to hold them in the shelter is they say that oh well over 50 percent of people just let their cats outdoors so if it's a friendly cat especially and it's come in as a stray Getting it adopted in a shelter, it's still only got a 50-50 chance of living an indoor life, you know, rather than returning it to the neighborhood where it was successfully thriving somehow, you know, a bunch of neighbors feeding it or getting it back to its owner, to its home. So that's why we don't like to hang on to them in the shelter either. We like to get them back to their neighborhoods as quickly as possible. Wow. So, um Will the indoor cats start getting along better once the outside cat threat is gone? I mean, will you see a big difference? Well, it depends on how long it's been going on. Um, you know, if, it, if this is something where your cats have just been fighting weeks or maybe months, then we might be able to get it solved pretty quickly. 
Um, some others, you know, I've got people who it's been going on for three years before they reach out to me. And now these cats have developed deep rooted habit patterns of, of fighting with one another over territory. And now even when the territory threat's gone, they forgot why they were fighting in the first place. They just continue to fight. You know, you know, some people like that too, right? <laughs> they, they just get so used to being irritated at one another. They don't even know why they're irritated at one another. Right. They just stay that way because they like to be irritated at something. And right. that happens That happens with cats too. They, they kind of forget why they were fighting in the first place, but now fighting is the habit. So those yeah. are real hard habits to break. You know, we've got to do everything we can to make those cats feel secure because what's happening is they're feeling insecure. So on the inside of the house, once you, you know, deter your outside cat from coming in front of the windows or you block the views and we've eliminated that, then we've got to go to the inside of the house and we have to make sure that we've multiplied the resources appropriately. So this means you know, one more litter box than numbers of cats. So if you're dealing with two cats, we're talking three litter boxes and they should not be all lined up together. They need to be spread throughout the home. Increased play time. There's a lot of pent up energy is involved in this, this fighting aggression thing. So you have to give them an outlet. If you don't want them any longer fighting with one another, you got to give them another outlet for, for letting steam off. So that's prey play time and that'll help. Routine, you know, uh, provides a deep sense of security for a cat. Make sure that every single thing in that cat's life is happening on schedule and on time, same time every day, so that it's very predictable. You can do same scent reintroductions. So I always suggest you get uh, powdered brewer's yeast and rub it on each of the cats, on their heads and down their backs. And now we've kind of reset the scent in the house. Some people, I, I have several cases going right now where the cats are just have to be sequestered from one another. And we're doing short introduction times, like on a harness and a leash. We're at a place where they're spending 10, 15 minutes in the same room. And you got to make sure they're both scented the same so that there's not weird smells that they're contending with in those situations. And powdered brewer's yeast works real well because it's safe. And um, they actually like the flavor of it, and it's perfectly healthy and good for them to digest. It doesn't matter if they groom it off. Um, positive reinforcement when they're around the other cat. So if you know they're hanging out on one end of the couch and the other cat is on the other end of the couch and there's no fighting going on, well, then sit yourself down in between those two with a bag of cat treats and give them treats and praise them for being so good and calm. So every time you catch them doing something right, reward them rather than catching them doing something wrong. And you'll want to watch them very, very close. You know, when a fight breaks out, it's rarely sudden. There will be body language that leads up to one or the other of them, you know, staring, stalking, hunting, running, jumping, ambushing, you'll be able to see it. And so watch very, very, very closely for that and take the victim cat, the one, and there usually is a primary victim in these circumstances, take the victim cat and put it in another room prior to the attack happening. It's important that you don't take the aggressor 
in the other room because some of this behavior could be attention seeking and you going and picking it up is actually a reward. And so it quickly learns that, wow, when I stalk this other cat and jump on her, my love comes and picks me up. I'm going to do that more often. So you always want to remove the victim in those situations, not the perpetrator. Oh, so, go ahead. That's, that's pretty much so. Um, yeah. So getting and, rid of your outside cat and then taking care of inside resources and reassurance to your cats and positive reinforcement, you should be able to move out of that situation going slowly and understand too, it's not going to fix itself overnight. You know, this, the problems that took months and, and habit patterns are built up when the two cats see each other, all they think of is fighting. It takes a while to reframe those, those thoughts and feelings for cats. You know, and I was going to mention, uh, that they should also listen to the inner cat aggression podcast for more detailed information about how to bring about peace between your wearing kitties. Yes. Thought that would be a good uh, plug in for someone to go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a whole podcast on inner cat aggression. Um, that's very helpful. Talks about some of the other, um, you know, instigators and triggers for cat to cat aggression, but definitely I would suggest listening to that also. And this will be, this particular podcast will be a very good one to add to that. So kind of what I've been doing here lately is, you know, as I'm getting initial consult forms in and talking to people in the shelters and people email me and they, you know, I I get constant contact from people that have cat questions I, I see a pattern each week, it seems like, and this week seems to be intercat aggression because of outside cats. And it may be that, you know, spring is coming. I know that's a silly thing to say in January, but my gosh, we're in Texas and it's, you know, 65 and sunny out there. So cats are breeding. So these outside cats are probably roaming a little more when the weather is nice and they're probably more opportunity to see them. And when it's snowing and icy, you don't have this problem as often. Yeah, wow. So that leads us to say that, you know, we're, if you need more information, you know who to contact. Reach out to Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com uh, or molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org and help her get some of this information out to you because what she sees coming in, she creates a podcast for her and it goes back out. So, That's all the time we have for today, folks. And so we'd love to say thank you for listening today. Please check out some of Molly's other resources like the Facebook and Instagram where she posts lots of everything, most everything. Uh, We want you to like the page, you know, please hit the like button and share it with your other cat friends. And I know that's a quick something to do. It's a little button, click like, and then hit share and share it with all your other cat friends. Uh, somebody's going to get something out of us somewhere because Molly really covers a lot. And then like we talked about a minute ago, when the information comes back into her, people are asking about certain things. It's sort of a common thread that starts to happen. So she's able to address that in the next uh, week's podcast. So also when you go out to cat, uh, catbehaviorsolutions.org, you'll notice that there's a behavior boutique in there. And in that little shop, the little store that she does a lot of work 
on finding good things that help you interact with your kitty. So go out there and take a look. And yeah, and and just this week, I you know after two years of searching, I have finally picked up a CBD line. I searched, searched, as you know, we've gone to Global Pet Expo, yeah. what, three times now. Yeah. And CBD has been on the top of my list. And and at the end of the show, I come away and I say, I still do not feel confident about any of these that I saw. And my primary concerns were quality. I want to make really sure. I want to see independent laboratory testings. I want to see these people making you know, a good living on human CBD products that we know are reliable and we know are working and they're getting repeat business. I want to see a flavor profile that cats can palate because that's the other thing is, you know, they try all these artificial flavors and cats are like, I'm not going to eat that. So this particular one that I picked up, Green Roads, is uh, flavorless. They use an MCT oil, which is good for your cat. And, um, and it's affordable. Because the other thing was, you know, a little bottle, like a month's supply would, you know, would run retail for upwards of $60, $40, $60. And I was like, that's too much. I, I just don't think that's a good price threshold, you know, f- for my customers. And so I found a quality one that retails for $20 and it has clear instructions. The other thing was nobody could really tell you exactly how much CBD you were getting in each drop or each milligram. And I'm like, well, how do I know, you know, what I'm dosing my cat? And that's real important. So this company has some specific dosage information. It's very clear instructions. It's, it's just awesome. So that's the newest thing to the behavior boutique that I'm excited about. Well, good. And while you're out there searching around on the Behavior Boutique and you're shopping for things that will help you and your cat interact better, also take a look at Molly's blog. She really puts a lot of information out there that dives into more and more of some of the topics that we we talk about. So please take a look at that. Um, she's also available for virtual and in-home consultations. She does, she does, does, she does those all the time. I do. She does, she does, she does those all the time. And, uh, are you from Oklahoma? I think I am. I think (laughs) my birth certificate even says that (laughs) I'll be the first one in a minute. I'm sure. So, um, she does consults, uh, all over the country and all over the world uh, she can do that through Skype or some other mechanisms to uh, help. And if you're in the local area, she will come in your home and do a consultation. So please reach out to her. Molly also often holds educational seminars and speaking engagements. So if uh, you're near us or we're near you at some point, uh, we'd, you'd love to have her come over and do some educational stuff and maybe even do a speaking engagement, uh, please reach out to her and let her know. And until next time, please tune back in and listen to us again, and we'll have some more exciting stuff. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.
You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.